0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Hope you're doing great. Thanks for listening to The Press, Episode 20. have something a little different in store for this one, a two-part Apple Cup preview. We'll begin with two guys that I enjoyed working alongside of for a handful of years, Uh, both of them on the newspaper side. Jacob Thorpe and Christian Capel both spent time covering Washington State for the Spokesman Review. Capel then went over to the West Side wrote for the Tacoma News Tribune where he covered the Huskies. After we get a chance to catch up with those guys, get their thoughts on both programs this season and, of course, the game itself, Gabe Marks returns to talk about his new website, West Coast Offense. Uh, Go check it out, westcoast-offense.com. Writes about college football as well as a variety of other topics. Always enjoy uh, hearing Gabe talk about basically anything. Uh, So, Excited to hear about this new venture and to then pick his brain about this game, Uh, something he obviously has a bunch of experience in, and kind of get his thoughts on the rivalry, uh, some of the struggles that the Cougs have had, and then the opportunity ahead of them. And we got into a bunch of different other stuff as well. Uh, So a lot to get to with Christian, Jacob, and Gabe, Uh, so let's jump right into it. Episode 20 of The Press, talking the Apple Cup. Enjoy. Well, I want to start first with you guys um, just by getting caught up because... We no longer have the pleasure of crossing paths like we normally have. Obviously, Jacob, you know, on once or twice a week down in Pullman and, and Christian, especially in a week like this where we cross paths with the Huskies. So I just wanted to talk to you guys first about, you know, what what you're up to these days. And, and Jacob, we'll start with you. Uh, since you left the spokesman, uh, where has that landed you and what are you up to now?
1: Well, uh, I'm I'm working in politics, Darnay. I I won't tell you who for because you know <laughs> I, I got enough uh, hate mail when I worked as a spokesman. I'm kind of enjoying a a life free of death threats. But uh, no, you know it, it it seemed like a time to get involved in in a, a local politician who I've known for a few years and really respected. Sort of asked me to serve, and I I thought it sounded like a a, a great thing and a great opportunity to to do some good work and. And
0: so I'm down in Olympia,
1: uh, except when I'm in Seattle, uh, doing that and uh, trying to, you know, make sure your tax dollars are well spent.
0: And Christian, you're also trying to make the the community and the world a better place, right?
2: Yeah. um, So I left the News Tribune in August to take a job as communications director for Workforce Central in Tacoma. And Workforce Central is the government designated workforce development board for Pierce County. Um, so there's 12 of those in Washington state. We're the one in Pierce County. And yeah, we, as an organization, um, kind of oversee the workforce development system in Pierce County and try to, um, you know, figure out where the, the needs are on the employer's side, you know, which skills they want to see more of in, in candidates and which jobs they're having a hard time filling um, and kind of taking that information and partnering with several different organizations across sectors and public-private and education and all that, and coming up with solutions to sort of skill up the workforce to meet the demands of, of businesses and help get people jobs, help businesses thrive, and and uh, contribute to a stronger Pierce County economy.
0: That's awesome, Christian. You enjoyed it, and I'll and I'll you know ask you the same question, Jacob. You know we always see people, especially. I, I consider all of us still fairly young, even though I'm a decade plus in. But you see people get into the industry uh, and decide they want to go in a different direction. And we know how demanding the job is at the TV level, newspaper level. Uh, how has it been kind of being on the other side and, and trying something new and maybe being able to just enjoy sports as a fan for a change?
2: You know, it's, it's been great. Um, it, it's, it's really interesting because the job requires a similar skill set. Yeah, it's a totally different world and a totally different language. And it's, it, you know, it takes a, a long time to to kind of get caught up. And um, I, I don't know when I'm going to stop feeling new. I feel like this is the kind of job I could, I could do for two years and still feel like I'm the new guy and still feel like, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to figure things out. But, you know, it, it, lifestyle-wise, yeah, be having weekends off and just, just knowing that every Saturday and every Sunday you will have to yourself with no work obligations and being able to plan things months in advance knowing (laughs) you'll have that day off you know that's that's something new for me so that's been fun and you know just just having that that set number of hours each week whereas as you know obviously as well as anybody uh, during the football season it can it can kind of be endless at at certain points and you never know when the work's going to come or when you're going to be busy or when something's going to come up and um you know there there are certain deadlines and and you know, things that you don't anticipate that kind of come up in this line of work too. But, um, for the most part, you've got your schedule. Um, I've got great time off and, and all that kind of thing. So it's for, from a lifestyle perspective, it's definitely been what I was hoping for. What about you, Jacob? Yeah,
1: well, you know, there, like Christian said in, in his job, there's a, a lot of the same skill requirements. And, and what I found is that it's, it's still a job where you're you're in, you're interacting with people, you're, you're meeting a lot of new people all the time, and that's exciting. But what's really interesting for me is just that every, every day is so different. You know, uh, there have been days when I've gone and hung out with some Navy SEALs and watched them train. There's days when you're you're talking to Uber and Lyft and, you know, kind of shared ride drivers about the regulations and how they're affected. Uh, so talking to folks in the tech sector about bringing 5G to, to rural uh, communities. And, uh, and I do have a, an interest in policy, so it, it's always new, it's always fresh, it's always interesting, there's always something to do. It, it's maybe never exciting in the same way that, I mean, you and I spent a month living in really nice hotels covering NCAA tournament games from courtside. You know, there's never, it's maybe not as thrilling as that, though, you know, hopefully it will be when we're in the Capitol building getting a law signed by the governor or something like that. But it's it's always very rewarding, and it does feel like you're making a difference to real people and, and you never know what the next day or month or, you know, eventually year will bring, which is exciting for me.
3: Yeah,
0: that's awesome.
1: That's and cool. I,
2: would, I would add to that too, kind of along those same lines, but when you cover sports, it, it, even though you're meeting all kinds of different people from different backgrounds and, and telling their stories, it's about people first and foremost, still your focus is, is a little more narrow. And, you know, I just find myself having to learn about workforce development and the economy and labor and national trends and local trends. I find myself reading a whole lot of, you know, different kinds of stories I never would have read that I still find really interesting and it's information I never would have had and kind of learning about some issues within the Tacoma community where we live that I wouldn't have known about in as much depth before. And, um, you know, sort of meeting people in a, a different side of the world that, I never would have crossed paths with, with before. I think that's, you know, a good point that Jacob brought up that when you, when you change careers, that's, that's one of the the coolest benefits of it, I think. Yeah. Well, and Darnay, if you, if you sort of follow historically,
1: you know, machine politics and, and people who really kind of build a, build an empire unto themselves, it's always the folks who can have jobs. And so as a a workforce development guy, Christian is, you know, in the, in the building of an empire right now. And if you ever find yourself (laughs) wanting to leave the industry and, get out to Pierce County you know you know somebody who has
0: some job soccer it's it's important to be connected with powerful people and I, I feel that way with both you guys <laughs> well let's get into the game obviously Apple Cup week and uh, a ton to get into and I just wanted to start with kind of overall impressions about the two teams to this point and you know Christian you formerly on the UW beat Jacob, you with WSU. Obviously, you guys both know tons about each, but we'll start with each you guys and kind of uh, your, your, I guess, now formal, formal former realm. Uh, you know, you you learned so much about teams through the course of the season, and following WSU more closely, I think people wanted to feel like they had a handle on what this Coug team was through the first six weeks, and then Cal and Arizona did a lot to kind of throw that off, and I think they've steadied the ship now recently. We'll we'll start with WSU. Jacob, what have you thought about this team? What have you gathered about this team, especially as closely as you've covered them, seeing their areas of growth and areas now that have still kind of held them back, maybe in surprising ways, ways that we didn't expect as the season has gone on?
1: Sure. Well, so I, one thing that's so kind of unique and rewarding about this this particular Washington State football team is that it really does feel like the the end of a journey or, or that uh, it's really been building up to this point for a long time. If you look at players like not just Luke Falk, the walk-on who, who made good, but you know, Jamal Morrow, he, he's a name that you've been hearing for years. If you're a Washington state fan, he's always been good and he's made some big plays and won some games for you. But now he's having this electric, incredible season. Uh, it, it's so sad that Peyton Palour didn't get to be that guy because he, he was the same thing, a four-year starter who, uh is so much was so much better at the start of his senior year than even when he was a very good junior player uh alex grinch the the probably frankly 10th choice on their list of defensive coordinators when bill moose was telling everybody that they were going to make a hire in a couple weeks and then months dragged on and they couldn't find anyone anyone had heard of to take this defensive coordinator job and now he's got a top 10 defense just you know three years in so it's I think it's been a really, really exciting team that just must feel very familiar to fans in a, in a way that's pretty unique because there's so many players and, and coaches that you've really got to see grow and and see uh, blossom and kind of maximize their potential. In terms of the way they're playing, uh, you know, I I thought Grinch was a, a very impressive person the the first time I met him. You know, as a 36 year old, I think he he really seemed to have a lot of energy and seemed incredibly intelligent. But I truly just never thought the defense would look anything like this. It's, it's really interesting heading into this Apple Cup because the last couple of years, you know, I, I've even had players tell me off the record that, yeah, you know, the, the Huskies intimidate them, that there's something about those mean UW defenses that really kind of shake them up early on. But right now, Washington State kind of feels like the meaner defense, doesn't it? They're the, they're the hard-hitting ones. They're the ones who are winning games based on their defense. I mean, they had no business winning at Utah with the way the offense played, but the defense just kept getting that ball back for the offense. And so, in terms of weaknesses, uh, it's the offense. It's it's the All-American Heisman quarterback and his plethora of great receivers and the three running backs who led the conference in all purpose yards last year. Those are the ones you have to worry about the, the uh, former unanimous all American left guard led uh, offensive line, all very good, having a very good season. But I, I mean, if you're looking for a weak link, it's not the defense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's been very strange to watch play out. What about for you, Christian with you dub? I mean, I don't know if folks in Seattle considered it a storybook season. I mean, it was certainly a breakthrough season last season getting to the college football playoff. And this year, you know, taking a bit of a step back and not being able to kind of build on uh, what they accomplished last year and and seeing struggles in a number of different areas in ways guys like John Ross and elsewhere really elevated the team as a whole.
2: Yeah, you know, I think that so far they've been pretty close what i thought they would be um if you factor in all of the injuries uh, the, this team is going to lose Trey Adams and Jordan Miller and Byron Murphy for most of the season he's back now um and azim Victor is not really going to be a factor and Chico McClatcher is going to be out for the season and Hunter Bryant's going to be good and then out for the season and Quentin Pounds is going to be out for the season and and going to be 9 and 2 going into the apple cup i thought yeah that's that's about right hmm. You know, I I didn't think their passing game would be anything really special this year. I think I thought Jake Browning would look a little more poised under pressure than he has. You know, I think that was a big problem last year that, you know, when they went against those physical elite athletes in the front seven uh, like they did against USC and Alabama and, and he had to make split second decisions and. Uh, he that's just not something he had ever done well, and now as a junior, it's, it's maybe a little surprising to see he's not further along in, in that department. But I really thought losing John Ross was going to take a lot of wind out of that passing game. Hmm. And, you know, everyone talked about – I know Browning finished sixth in the Heisman voting last year. And everyone talked about him being a being a Heisman candidate. And he wanted, He was the, the Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. I, I thought John Ross had maybe more of an impact – Dante Pettis always got one-on-one coverage on the other side because they had to pay so much attention to Ross. And so Pettis ends up catching 15 touchdown passes and that he just opened everything up for them and losing him. I figured it'd be a bit of a step back, even with the experience that they had at running back with Gaskin and Coleman. And, um, you know, their defense has been really, really outstanding up until the last couple of weeks when the injuries and and some of the, the depth is starting to show up a little bit, but, um, you know they they've been stellar for the most part they lost to Arizona state they only gave up 13 points and nothing in the second half and uh they've given them every chance to to win every game for the most part so yeah i i think maybe maybe the passing game you'd think would be a little bit further along but as many injuries as they've had to their receiving core and as little experience as they had returning there anyway i'm really not all that surprised that that they are where they are
0: Jacob, you touched on something that you kind of have to get into with this game uh, because it's been so evident, especially the last few seasons, when the Huskies have just been so overwhelmingly dominant. Um, and, you know, in a year last season where the stakes were the same as far as the Pac-12 goes for both teams, and u is so much better. And the year before, now you don't have Luke Falk, that was obviously huge, but to that point, WSU had had the better season, u packed with, you know, NFL-type talent, but Uh, Those guys were still pretty young, and they really put it on the Cougs. There just seems to be a bit of a block, a mental block, emotional, whatever it is on the Coug side, and an inability to perform to their standard, to their level. Why do you think that is?
1: Part of it is just that I think the Cougars kind of realize that Washington has the perfect defense to deal with that air raid, that if you're going to put the ball in the air a bunch of times, the the one way to really stop that is to have a super athletic secondary that's so deep that you can just put six of them out there on the field and that they're going to not let you create space for long enough for what has been a, uh, a a truly scary succession of defensive linemen to come through. I mean if you, if you think back to these last few Apple Cups, you're dealing with, you know, Danny Shelton and Elijah Qualls and Vita Vey and Gaines and when you know, when folks got when he's got those kind of linemen coming at him and he's got Kevin King and Sidney Jones blanketing his wide receivers, I think on film they they just kind of psych themselves out. I think, you know, I think we can all admit that it's a little bit bigger of a game for the Cougars than Huskies and for their fan base because there's one fan base that feels like the other fan base is dismissive and rude and condescending. and that, they kind of psych themselves out for that. I think Mike Leach would agree, first and foremost, that in these games, the Cougars have put a lot of pressure on themselves and really psyched themselves out about it, whereas the Huskies are just kind of talking smack. You know, you've got the secondary coach last year uh, saying, we love flying the air raid. We we kill this team before the game and after the game. You know, they, they kind of set a tone as a bully and they enjoy it, whereas the other team feels like it's, the David trying to upend Goliath, but knowing that more often than not, David just kind of gets smashed. The reason I think the Cougars might have a chance in Seattle this year is this year it kind of feels like that might not be the case. And while I'm not around the team as much to sort of get a sense of how they feel and their mindset this year, they just kind of feel more like, like they've got some swag, like they're kind of bullies, like they're not a team that's going to look across the sideline and kind of think, Oh, those guys look really tough. And then also, as Christian kind of pointed out, you know the the Washington secondary this year is kind of injury depleted, and it'll probably be easier to make some big plays in the passing game and get a rhythm and not not be as kind of freaked out because you're not looking across the uh, sideline at a bunch of first round cornerbacks anymore.
0: Christian, what's been your perception, especially being on both sides of things since Leach got to Pullman?
2: Yeah, I, you know, I, I kind of I think it's hard to disagree with. What Jacob has said, I mean, to the degree that, that Washington has dominated them, and, and Chris Peterson and the staff's first three Apple Cups, I, I, I know he already said it, but I just I go back to the fact that since Pete Kwiatkowski and Jimmy Lake have been in charge of this defense, they've played a ton of nickel because they have the personnel to do it. And you know, you like it's almost like you look at who their best four defensive backs are and think, well, gosh, the fifth guy is so good. How do you leave him off the field? So that's kind of been their base package. And they, they play five DBs against everybody. And so when you get to the Apple Cup, you've been running that all season. You, you They've they've also benefited from the fact that the nickelback position has been a really, really talented guy the last few years. They played Buda Baker there a bunch. I mean, that's how important that position is to them. Now you've got another guy, Miles Bryant, who kind of came out of nowhere. And he's he's that really good. So, you know, I, I just think that that coupled with, like Jacob said, the the interior pass rush they've been able to get the pressure they've been able to put on Luke Falk slash Peyton Bender two years ago, um, combined with the fact that they've just had a really vicious secondary full of NFL talent. And I think, you know, you, you look at that defense and what they're able to do and you, you pick air rate right out of the hat, you know, that's, that's not the, the best matchup for them. So I, uh, you know, as far as the emotional stuff, I, I don't know. I haven't been, close enough to wazoo for for years to be able to really judge that i would take jacob at his word certainly they seem like they've been the more timid team like almost like they're just kind of waiting for washington to take it to them rather than, than trying to do that themselves but um boy that wazoo's defense has not played that way in, in any game this season really i mean even against arizona when they they put up as many points as they did but they just got gashed a handful of times, and other than that, even Khalil Tate and, and, and their running backs were kind of getting stuff. So um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they match up this way, especially with, with Jordan Miller out. I, I think you know it was good for them to get Byron Murphy back last week at cornerback coming off that foot injury. He's got another week of practice under his belt. Maybe he's a little healthier and he helps him a little more. But um, th- this is the best chance that Leach and that offense have had in, in years at, at really doing some damage to UW's secondary.
0: One thing I've I've wondered, and this could be um, a silly notion, but Mike Leach has made some waves just with his approach, right? I mean, he doesn't get caught up in these games. He doesn't want his team to get caught up in these games. And it's it can be hard and mm-hmm. maybe troublesome to try to read into a coach's approach based on what he tells us, because he could be saying something completely different in the locker room. But he is, from the very beginning, downplayed, Uh, the notion of this being a big game, right? Because they treat every game the same. And and I certainly understand why a coach would would say that, and it all makes sense. But I wonder if, to an extent, he's taken the wind out of his players' sails when this game does come around. And maybe he ought to kind of foster the natural uh, aggression and motivation that comes with a game like this. I talked to... um, Hussein Abdullah last year after the game. And he he felt like they just came out flat because uh, they they don't accept and recognize that this is a huge game and play like it and play like there's uh, the bragging rights and all the cliche stuff you talk about with rivalry games on the line. Like, I feel like teams used to, and now coaches kind of have this collective different approach where you don't buy into that stuff, you don't talk about it, so on and so forth. Am, am I crazy in thinking maybe that's one area where Mike Leach – has been off the mark in addressing his team and the approach that they take to games, especially with one like this where they have had so much trouble. Jacob, we'll start with you.
1: Yeah, well, I, I certainly I, I'm with you in that. I understand where Leach is thinking and 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 why you would want to treat every game the same and not get too emotionally high or too emotionally low. I, I think there's something to be said for the fact that your players are taking one cue or the other from you and that inherently if the natural tendency is to get more emotional for the apple cup or to treat it like it's a game, while that's not ideal, if you're spending your energy in the week before trying to temp that down, then the, then the cue they're getting from you maybe does – a little wind out of your sails. You know, I mean, the, the thing that they've done to try and not let it become a hyped game the last few years, not, not letting players talk to the media the week before, stuff like that. Maybe those signals kind of lead to some lethargy because the players uh, are trying too hard not to get too jacked up. And in, in that case, they're not playing as hard as they could or they're not as excited as they should be. Maybe, maybe you do just have to kind of embrace the spirit of the rivalry a bit because it's better to be too hyped and not hyped enough. I'd be a little more curious to hear what what Christian thinks. Justin, that it seems like Chris Peterson's Huskies teams have sort of really kind of risen up for the big games, and I why why is that? Why do how are they able to just beat the heck out of Stanford and Oregon last year, and and uh, you know the the Cougars and in those games that the fans have circled on the calendar, it does kind of seem like they they play their best game, or at least they did last year.
2: Yeah. You know, I think Chris Peterson publicly is, I mean, he's as boring as it gets. Think of someone who, you know, puts less of his personality on display uh, for for reporters and for the public. And, you know, so he's he's never going to be a guy who really feeds into it publicly. But I think even when he's asked about the apple cup, he doesn't really really way that Leach does. I I think certainly they still preach that it's just another game. No game's more important than any other approach, but I do think that Peterson understands the 18 to 22 year old mind well enough to know that using the whole rivalry and, Hey, we're supposed to own the state and you're supposed to hate those guys. And, you know, this is, this is a big game and you're playing for pride, uh, to, to rally his guys. I think he understands that that's a tactic. That's going to work with 18 to 22 year olds and that, yeah, if you can get him to give just a little bit or, or, you know, run just a little bit harder or whatever you think you're going to get out of that, there's no reason not to do it. You know, I, every every player obviously is going to – they've got their own company line that, you know, oh, it's, you know, faceless opponent, whatever. But, you know, two years ago, Wazoo goes in there without Luke Falk and the Huskies were in 45-10 or whatever it was. And the players afterward are saying, like, yeah, you know, Coach Pete brought in all these different players from the past, you know, past Apple Cup heroes and, you know, the, like, Mario Bailey, Lawyer Malloy type of guys who are still around the area and, and you know, still – kind of their name rings out among Huskies fans. And they talked about how important this game was and how, you know, you never forget when you're the apple cup winner and what that gets you. And so, you know, obviously Chris Peterson gets it. He's not just totally stiff farming this whole experience and saying, no, it doesn't matter. It's just another game. This isn't, this doesn't count for any more than just one win or one loss, but there's a lot of people who really want you to win this game. And like, it can be a really cool, fun experience all the more if you do. Christian, are you surprised at
0: all at how one-sided this thing has been? I mean, going back to 2012, obviously the Cougs surprised the Huskies in Martin Stadium. And and the thing that's funny to me about just kind of the arc of the rivalry under Leach is one of Leach's first infamous lines was the performance anxiety line after the game against BYU. And since then, they have had that performance anxiety type of issue in the Apple Cup. And that 2012 season, when they had nothing to play for, uh, they left it all on the line, had the dramatic late comeback, win in overtime, and was one of the great scenes in Martin Stadium and one of the great moments of Leach's tenure at Washington State. Is it strange to you at all that they haven't been able to harness that ever since? And that, again, going back to the line, performance anxiety has kind of, uh, you know, just gotten in their way, it seems like, a little bit, especially these last few years.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they were starting their backup quarterback uh, those first two games against Peterson's first two UW teams in 2014 and 2015. You know, Falk was starting as a redshirt freshman the year that Connor Halliday had broken his leg against USC, and uh, you know, Wazoo was just finishing up an awful, awful season. It just hadn't gone the way that they wanted, and and the assistant coaches were getting fired, and you go into this Apple Cup. Against a Washington team that was really talented from an NFL draft perspective, especially defensively, but had really underachieved record-wise, but were by far the more veteran, more talented team against a team limping to a three-and-nine finish with its backup quarterback playing. Uh, you know, I, I don't think uh, anyone was too surprised mm-hmm. by that outcome, and you know, the the, the cards just just you know the deck was stacked in Washington's favor there. And then the next year, you got Washington State's the better team, but. Again, they're playing their backup quarterback and a far worse backup quarterback than even Luke Falk, as a redshirt freshman the year before, because Falk's had a couple of pretty good games at that point already.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And a Washington team that has gotten better and better and better as the season's gone along, everyone can see how good the secondary is. Everyone can see how good the defense is going to be, how many NFL guys they're going to have. And they put a whooping on them. And I don't think, I think the margin was surprising, but I think once people knew Luke Falk wasn't playing in that game, most people were picking the Huskies anyway, despite the difference in records. Last year was maybe a, a bit more surprising, but, you know, you go back and look at, at Washington State's season, they didn't really beat anyone last year. They lost their last three games. They you know they got thumped by the Pac-12 South champion, thumped by the Pac-12 North champion, and then lost the bowl game to a team that, you know, was, like, trying to quit. So it, it, I, I, I don't know that Leach has really had the firepower to compete with, with Washington since he's been there. You know, it's kind of amazing, as you pointed out, the, by far the, the – uh, least talented team he's had there was the only one that managed to beat the Huskies. So J- I, I think, yeah, go ahead.
0: Well, I was just going to say, I was going to ask Jacob, how, how pivotal is this one? Being that this is one of those uh, kind of, not like last year, I shouldn't say that. The the stakes, you know, were similar just in terms of the Pac-12, but that I, I, we realized in that game last year that the difference between the two, game, two teams was far greater than the one game in the Pac-12 standings after that one. Uh, but in this case, given the season that WSU has had, how pivotal is it that the Cougs finally get one of these and shake off everything that's kind of haunted them as far as this rivalry has gone since that 2012 game?
1: Yeah, you know, I I think this is a super, super, super important game for Washington State to win. I think if, if they were to not win this Apple Cup with UW looking kind of, you know, gettable right now, with it being Falks last year, with it being, you know, Morrow and Wixes last year and, and a lot of those guys. Uh, I think, you know, I don't know that based on the last couple of years that I feel like the team could bounce back really well mentally in time for the bowl game. It seems like it would be easy to have a deflating finish. I think for the fan base uh, to, to lose this game when it really seems like it's right there for you. Uh, you just lost your athletic director. Uh, it really doesn't look like UW is probably going anywhere. You know, I mean, Browning is going to be back next year. Gaskin might be. Uh, Peterson kind of has that program rolling. I, I just my sense of the fan base is that it would be it'd be very easy for there to be the sort of, uh, you know, for the excitement to kind of wane off a little bit and for, uh, you know, the the program to just lose a little bit of juice and sort of have this you know are we ever going to beat the Huskies thing sink in just because. Uh, they're going to be this monolith as long as Peterson's there, ostensibly. And while the Cougars seem like they are also, you know, now they're this top-15 program, this is the monkey that they can't seem to get off their back. Conversely, you know, it's not just important because of the the potential worst-case scenario, but if they are if they win this game, you know, then you're you're playing against a team you already beat on a neutral court for a Pac-12 championship. Then it is emphatically one of the you know, top three to five seasons in Cougar history. And you build off that and you're playing in a in a great bowl game, no matter what. And you've got all off season to recruit and say, Hey, we caught the Huskies. We're there. We are the team in the pac 12 North. And for that to be true and the amount of momentum you have going into the next year after that is just really, really, really important in my opinion. I think the off seasons are a big deal. And I think your off season can be a lot better with the win in the apple cup i also think if the cougars show that they can go play in a Pac-12 championship game that they can maybe win the conference you know maybe it's a little harder for like an alex grinch to leave in the off season or to think that uh some other defensive coordinator position is necessarily an upgrade
0: you kind of touched on it just the stakes with this game and you know, as I mentioned, when the stakes were the lowest for WSU, they, they somehow performed their best in this game back in 2012. And, and for the second straight year, as you mentioned, you get to the Pac-12 championship game with a win. Christian, be, having been around the UW program, does it matter that they don't have as much on the line as they did certainly last year and don't even have you know a possible Pac-12 uh, title in their back pocket going
2: into it? Well, I think it would be difficult to say that it doesn't matter. You know, I, 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 again, go back to 18 to 22 year old minds. I, I don't think there's any way that you're, you're not going to get at least some amount of, of mental drop off um, from, hey, we're playing for a Pac-12 North championship to we're just trying to go 10 and two. And with that said, though, as much as the narrative is that Washington state has everything to play for the stakes are so high for them. They're the ones who, you know, this is one of their biggest regular season games in program history for them. And because of that, you know, they, they should, they should have the, the edge that way. They should be more motivated. They should be more ready to play. If I'm Washington, I'm looking at it as if Washington wins this game, they will finish with a better overall record than Washington state. In the regular season, they'll finish with a better conference record They'll finish ahead of them in the Pac-12 North standings. They will finish as Pac-12 North co-champions. Obviously, they'll lose a tiebreaker to Stanford to, to go to the championship game. And this will be their first uh, back-to-back seasons with 10 or more wins since 1990 and 1991. So there's not that tangible carrot of, a you know, you can't win your division outright. You can't play in your your, your conference championship game. Um, but, as far as this being a really, really good season that you know within the context of their history is not something that happens a whole lot, winning double digit games in consecutive seasons, there is still a lot for them to play for. Mm-hmm.
0: I wanted to uh, I wanted to ask each of you guys, looking at each team. Uh, we'll start with washington and and Jacob will give it to you first. What makes you confident in each team coming out and getting the win Saturday? When you look, when you examine the matchup, uh, when you kind of break it down, um, and you you point to one area that that gives you confidence for each team with Washington, what is it that you look at and say that's why they'll win Saturday? I think ultimately Washington does have
1: the best players on the field, and and I don't mean all twenty two or better than all twenty two. But I mean that if you took Washington's five best and put him against Washington State's five best, I think you'd take Washington. I think the NFL draft is going to bear that out. I think that Miles Gaskin is a, is a truly exceptional running back, that Dante Pettis is without question the best punt returner any of us have ever seen, and that he's also got great hands and is a very good lead receiver, and they've got some other guys too. And, and you know, I think that a team that has the best, you know the truly elite talent on the field always has a chance, and then when you you know you put them at home, uh, the fact that up until a week ago they've just been considered the better team, they've been ranked higher all year, that mostly taken care of business uh, until you know re- recently they've had some kind of ugly games. But I, I I just go back to the fact that I think that uh, when talent goes when talent goes up against talent. Uh, the better talent is going to win if everything else is equal and both players are working hard, et cetera. And I think Washington does have the the real kind of elite NFL type talent that Washington State doesn't have or doesn't have yet, or they're still freshman wide receivers. Uh, for Washington. Oh, uh, where
2: are we we'll, going on both teams? Yeah, uh, we'll,
0: we'll we'll go we'll go with Christian next. What what would you add to that from UW's Dubs' perspective?
2: Yeah, I just think the fact that I need to see Washington State's offense solve this Washington defense under Pete Kwiatkowski and Jimmy Lake before I'm I'm going to believe that they're going to go in there and score enough points to win at Husky Stadium. You know, I, I think, just building off what Jacob said, Washington is the more talented team. The opening point spread in, in Vegas bore that out. I think Washington opened at 10, at 10.5 10 at some places. That's gone down pretty quickly. I think last I saw it was at 9. Not that I pay attention to those kind of things, but um, – <laughs> The, I, I, you know, the, they still have a, a quarterback in Jake Browning who as much as people have been dumping on him and saying he might get benched next year, he did just throw for 354 yards against Utah and lead them on you know, two uh, scoring drives in the final minute and was tactile offensive player of the week and all that. But, you know, they have a capable quarterback playing at home. Um, they do have a really good running back. The offense has been a concern. Uh, but I, I just think that that defense, that secondary, is still sound enough, and they're going to be able to generate enough pressure up the middle uh, behind Vita Vea and and Greg Gaines that um, you know that I think your best bet on Washington winning is that this defense will continue to make life difficult for Luke Falk the way that they've you know were able to last season and, and two years ago.
0: Jacob, why will it be different for the Cougars this time?
1: Well, this is just a different Cougars team mentally. They, you know they. They just hit harder. It, it, it's a, it's a, not a, you know, necessarily a great point, but it feels like it's the way in which they're the most different. That, you know, Frankie Luvu and Jihad Woods and uh, and those guys are just kind of mean in a way that uh, the players haven't been in the past. For me, for me, the last few Apple Cups have just been so much about mindset. You know, to, to go back to an earlier question. Uh, as Christian pointed out, none of the recent Apple Cups have been that surprising just because the Cougars were playing a backup quarterback or because the Huskies had a truly, you know, phenomenally talented team. But the first quarter last year was surprising because that was a team that won, a, won an eight-game winning streak and then just came out and got punked. And you had, you know, the Huskies were scoring touched, deep touchdowns while getting pass interfered with and didn't even hit the ground, you know, kinda of danced around the guy who was interfering with them. You know, it was just it was a team that got punked. And this year's team doesn't feel like a team that's gonna get punked. And and when you eliminate that aspect of it, right now I think Washington State's a better football team. They're beating common opponents by more points. They're they're doing everything you need to do on paper to to sort of say this team looks better than this team, other than beat that team and now they have a chance to. And so you know, if you eliminate the kind of bugaboo of th- th- this is Washington and you have a tough time with Washington, I think the Cougars are better. And I think that, uh, you know, this seems like a team that's that's got some juice right now. Uh, and I think they, frankly, have more to play for. You know, I I do think that when you have a chance to be a, a really historic team and you've got that kind of energy around your program, uh, you know, the things hits just don't hurt as much. You're willing to take a a shot to the head that maybe you don't in a different game, even if you're not really conscious of it. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons to think that this Washington State team is different and that this is the year they get it done.
0: Christian, why do you think there might be uh, disappointing headlines for folks on the west side on the Tacoma News Tribune on Sunday?
2: Well, I think the biggest reason would be that Washington's de- Washington State's defense has played significantly better in the last three weeks and throughout the season than washington's offense has that you know even though they they wound up rallying and and actually put up pretty decent stats against utah i was surprised to see they average 7.1 yards per play considering how it looked they they haven't been able to to really it's weird miles gaskin has had a really nice season stats wise but it feels at times like the running game has just been kind of inconsistent and it just—they've been able to get it into into a really great rhythm and spurts, and then other times they get nothing out of it. Uh, as we kind of addressed earlier, the passing game isn't the same. Dante Pettis is their only real deep threat, and and you know obviously opposing defenses know that, and Washington State's going to know that, and he's kind of he's been able to to be their number one guy, but hasn't put up crazy numbers or you know been able to to be a John Ross type impact for them. Um, they, they're banged up. They they're down a, a bunch of receivers. They're down a, a stud left tackle, and you know they they Washington State, even though that they haven't been totally injury free. Obviously, they'd love to have Peyton Ballure. Um, They've done a better job of staying healthy this year, and I think they just kind of have more of their guys. And this is a, a depleted Washington team that I think it was really really important that they came back and won that game against Utah just because you know, maybe if, if they lose that one and they limp into the Apple Cup, they're a little more susceptible mentally. Um, but if, if you're looking for reasons why Washington State should win, uh, I think if you just watch the way their defense has played the last three weeks and, and, and then turn over and just watch Washington's offensive plays from the last three weeks, uh, you, you like your chances with the Cougars in that matchup.
0: Can I ask you guys for gut feelings? Now it's it's Monday night, so this could change uh, hundreds of times between now and kickoff Five o'clock on Saturday, but as it stands right now, Jacob, what does your gut tell you?
1: Uh, well, you know, I, I watched the the UW talk game and and saw Huntley, who I'd never really thought of as much of a passer, just kind of get what he wanted in the passing game. And since then, I've kind of thought, yeah, you know, Falk and the air raid are gonna are gonna get their yards and get their touchdown. The the UW defense just doesn't have it anymore. Uh, they're too depleted. They're too young, and and that was their advantage over Washington State. And since then, I've kind of thought this looks like a game Washington State wins. Uh, you know, I I think the Huskies will make a good game of it. Obviously, they're too talented not to. But my gut kind of says that it turns into a bit of a shootout, and the Cougars are just way more prepared to to keep to match touchdowns. And so they they win something like uh,
0: 42-35. Christian.
2: You know, I I still like Washington in this game just because I'm, I'm a guy who I, I have to see Luke Falk and that Mike Leach offense do something against that that defense. I've said it like four times already, but until I can see Mike Leach out-duel Pete Kwiatkowski and Jimmy Lake on a football field for 60 minutes, uh, I'm, I'm going to like Washington's chances. You know, I, I think the Huskies' best chance of winning this game is for it to be low scoring just because of, of – yeah, you know, kind of how shaky their offense has been recently. And it's just, if you've watched Wazoo play defense this season, it's hard to believe that this Washington offense is going to put up much more than 30 points. Um, but I think Washington's defense is going to respond to the challenge of, you know, kind of getting given up more than they're used to against Utah last week. And, you know, maybe, maybe seeing the headlines and seeing the trash talk recently that, hey, Washington's not what it was last year. And, you know, this is Wazoo's time. And I do think they'll be motivated for that reason that, you know, there there's not a player in this program who has been a part of a loss to Washington state. And I I think that if they, you know, if, if they really think about what is truly still in front of them, that they can win 10 regular season games, they can go to a better bowl game. They can say that they still have this winning streak against Wazoo and, um, you know they, they did. They kept the Cougars out of the Pac-12 championship game. I think that's more than enough motivation for them to rise to the occasion. And uh, I, I kind of see Washington win it in, in in like a 24 to 20 type of game. So did you I'm tell- gonna amend my final score. <laughs> let's call it like, a, like
1: let's call it like 28-24. No, 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 no. Let me think about it. 35-28.
0: So you've already used a few of your abilities to have a change of heart between now and Saturday. So I mean, I, I, I granted I granted you permission to do that. So I can't discourage you now. At this point, did you guys I like
1: a, lo- a lot of correction?
0: <laughs> did you guys keep a hold of old press passes? Like, are you going to sneak into the box at Husky Stadium? Like, what's the plan on Saturday?
2: I'm sitting in the in the 300 level under the roof.
3: Nice, <laughs>
0: nice. I haven't
2: even I've, looked at the uh, forecast
0: I've, yet. What is it? What is it supposed to be on Saturday?
2: Oh, uh, probably gray, I don't know. <laughs>
0: I have a Seattle type stuff.
2: Yeah, gray with a chance of, you know, tech employee, I don't know. <laughs> so,
0: are you guys both going to be at the game? Yeah, I'll
2: be
1: there. I'll be wearing the uh, most nondescript uh, probably like brown clothing I can find.
0: <laughs> do people do people will they recognize you guys at Husky Stadium like Jacob will you get beers thrown at you or sodas thrown at you just because of your previous work on the eastern side of the state
1: well that wouldn't be why i got beers or sodas thrown at me but uh <laughs> or maybe no, you from, know, it, maybe it,
0: from it, wsu fans for a similar reason yeah you know it, it is funny who you run
1: into who kind of recognizes uh there you know someone's seen me on press pass pullman over here which kind of shocked me but uh <laughs> But no, you know, during the vast majority of my time covering the Cougars, I I had uh, hair on my head. So now that I'm going with the the Jean-Luc Picard haircut, uh, I I can be a little more incognito in these situations.
0: Well, now you have the CrossFit physique, too. So just head to toe, you're like a completely different physical specimen, right?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm basically the best witness protection candidate you've ever seen.
0: Well, if you guys happen to see me down there, feel free to throw uh, a soda at me. I won't. I'll, I'll take it as a, uh, a compliment and uh, it would be it would be great to catch up. It's gonna be a whirlwind on Saturday, but um, you know, I'll, I'll miss the opportunity to uh, catch up and, and chop it up with you guys as we have in the past. So if that opportunity presents itself, I hope it does. Uh, it'd be great to catch up in person. I'm glad we got a chance to do it here and kind of uh, get caught up in what you guys are up to, and then obviously uh, talk shop a little bit as well. It's a lot of fun. Absolutely. Good luck with the uh, with the game on Saturday. Thank you. Appreciate it. You guys enjoy it. Should be a fun one, man. Enjoy it. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. All right. That was fun. Always a good time hearing from Christian and Jacob. Let's keep it going now. Part two with Gabe Marks, talking about his experiences with the Apple Cup and what this game, this opportunity means for the Cougs going against the Huskies. A win for WSU gets him in the Pac 12 championship game. We start, though, by talking about his new website, West Coast Offense. Be sure to check it out, westcoast offense.com. Well, last time you were on, it was about two months ago now, you kind of hinted at some different projects and, and things that you were interested in, wanted to get into, and now we kind of see uh, that idea come together in the website. Uh, tell us about West Coast Offense and kind of where that idea came from. Um.
4: Well, West Coast Offense started as a... We were gonna, we were trying to do a podcast and everything, and uh, we our schedules weren't matching up. So I thought that uh, you know I'd be able to control the situation a lot better if I could do a a website where I can just we I can have us write whatever we wanted to write about, kind of like a player's Tribune kind of thing, like whatever stories that we thought were interesting. No matter what it was that you can put it up there, so it's kind of like a like a I imagine it as like a free space for like like athletes to write about things. That's like my vision for it, in there, you know. But it, yeah, it started off as like the podcast idea, and then I kind of just kind of expanded on it. And uh, yeah, now I got, I got what I got right now.
0: And you have a handful of people I know parker henry jed collins a few others yeah. right along with you yeah. that are going to be contributing
4: yeah down the line uh yeah we're, we're gonna have more people contributing definitely uh right now it's uh for the most part as you can see on the site it's it's really just me and parker right now because uh um, you know uh, like jed and uh, Alex Brink and other guys they got they got big boy jobs right now so they got to finish their stuff up with uh you know the people going paying them and stuff like that they said that they would be interested after that so yeah it's a it's a process which, you know, it's all, everything's a process you know
0: when did this idea first kind of enter your mind I mean ha- had you thought about this stuff while you were still playing
4: Uh yeah. Uh about like uh it's kinda always been like a thing. I, I like doing it. like I like writing stuff and uh you know, I always kept notes like things that I wrote and stuff like that. And uh yeah, I mean uh the, the, the like an actual website I didn't move stuff out until like, you know, later right on down, down the line but uh yeah, I always wanted to just I always wanted to write shit, write stuff and, you know. Um, express myself so I guess this is the the 2017 version of of doing that you know
0: (laughs) you mentioned the Players Tribune how much of a motivator was that because that's been huge the last few years you mentioned just athletes kind of having their own voice and being able to speak directly to readers rather than you know having somebody else author their story
4: yeah, I think I think that's I think that's really big right now. I think that's a I think it's an important time for you know um, athletes and people to just have a voice and be able to you know say what they feel and not have to be um, not have to be censored and stuff like that. I feel like we're in an interesting era of the athlete right now. You know, some people talk. You know, some people talk too much you know what I mean <laughs> and uh, it's not a lot of people talking now <laughs> you know but it's uh, yeah it's an interesting time you know and people need to be able to uh, voice their opinions so you know the, play, the Players Tribune is definitely like a big it's a big deal right now you know for peop for athletes to be able to go and know that they can put their ideas out there if they, if they need to
0: and you're obviously pretty well connected. I mean, anybody that, that plays major college football and, you know, has buddies from back in high school and that sort of thing, like, you know, a stable of athletes. Is your hope to just get as many of them involved with something like this just to have more voices?
4: Yeah, like, yeah, everybody. That, that that's, that's the goal, like, is to get all the athletes involved, but, you know. That's uh easier said than done because, uh, you know, athletes aren't, uh, outside of what they, they do every day. You know, it's kind of, you gotta stay on some, some, some of us and, to get us to do <laughs> what, what we're supposed to do outside of, you know, the craft. So,
3: mm-hmm.
4: uh, it's definitely, it's definitely, uh, it's gonna be challenging in the beginning for people to do what you know I envision for them to do, but you know, yeah, you it'll f- be a. Go ahead. Uh, it'll be. <laughs> I'm just saying it, it, it'll work out. I mean, it, I'm just like athletes are like results oriented, so they want to see. Like you know they they want to see that something like something's worth your the, the time to of doing something and you know putting themselves out there and stuff like that, which I understand, but it's just like uh,
0: yeah do you, do you find that there are many others out there that have kind of a similar interest as you in terms of you know having a voice and and being able to kind of get what's on your mind or what you're feeling and thinking out there?
4: Yeah, I think I think a lot of a lot of guys uh I think a lot of guys want to uh, voice their opinion and stuff like that. It's just uh having the confidence to do it and knowing that what you're saying is, you know, is like, legitimate, and like it's intelligent. And stuff like that, I think uh a lot of athletes have to do, they got to develop that kind of confidence in what they're saying and knowing that that what they're saying is like, you know, um like the right thing, and that people are going to agree with it, and sometimes that people won't agree with it. You know what I mean? That's okay. You know, some, but a lot of athletes don't, aren't really comfortable putting themselves out there like that, which is kind of like an interesting thing because athletes are always on, you know, they're always on the scene, you know, in mm-hmm. the public eye and everything like that. So, um, yeah, but a lot of a lot of guys are shy, so it's just about getting people out of their comfort zone and letting them know that they, they have a platform that they can use to, you know, affect the way people think. You know.
0: What's your favorite thing on the site so far?
4: My favorite thing on the site is the is like is the playlist I think so far. Uh-huh. I really like doing the playlist. I got I I've, I've done two, I do i them every Monday. Uh uh, Parker's probably gonna do the next one, and it's just uh, yeah, I like I like letting people into like what what the things I'm listening to and stuff like that, like trying to broaden people's uh perspective on the type of music
3: mm-hmm. that
4: uh, that's out there. Because there's a lot of stuff out there, in every every genre, and I think a lot of people don't really get to a lot of things that they should. Mm-hmm. You know that that can make people a lot be able to relate to each other a lot more you know what I mean yeah so I try to put something together that like mixes everything in because I, I have a pretty uh pretty uh broad music situation going on right now so I like uh expressing that. Did a play, was I,
3: cool.
0: I was I was impressed with the first one. I'm looking at the second one now, and yeah, you've got a little bit of everything. I mean, MGMT, yeah. Pharrell, In Rolling Stones, Sinatra, Bing Crosby, yeah, uh, Amy Winehouse. Yeah, cool. You're a big Amy Winehouse fan. She's she's been featured uh, in both of them, I think.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, yeah,
0: I mean, who is it? Yeah, yeah, she's you know. she's amazing is pretty cool shook ones hey i this is something i've always wondered when i when i started covering the coogs uh your freshman year in 2012 and they played shook ones i believe um at some point every game and then they stopped do you know anything about that who who us yeah in martin stadium
4: Oh no. I don't know anything about that. That seems pretty that's pretty thuggish for us to do that. I did th- I don't that I don't remember doing that. That's pretty
0: cool. Uh I mean you, you know, you're you're you you got other things on your mind, so I get why you might have missed it. But
4: I I I I hear a lot of I hear a lot of the stuff that just played the game. You'd like you'd be surprised at the stuff that we like like we notice during the game. Like during the T V patterns and stuff like that. We play a lot of like not football like music in the stadium. And I understand if there's kids there and stuff like that.
3: huh
4: It's like are we trying to win a packable championship <clears throat> You know? It's like what's more important? Yeah. You know, the kid everyone's coming to the game. It's like let's 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 try to win the game. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah.
4: And you put like in between like with the the T V timeouts and stuff like that, we're like listening, to, um, like uh like house music or like i don't know like that uh, poppy like uh-huh. club country <laughs> country rap fusion song i don't see any that of that is. on the playlist <laughs> it's like it's like come on man like talk about momentum jeez
0: it might have been Quiet Storm. I can't remember, but I remember like one of my first games being in Pullman Martin Stadium, and just in the middle of the game, Mob Deep comes on, and then like go to another game and Mob Deep's playing again. I was like, I was like, wow, they they're really into Mob Deep in Pullman. I like this. Whoever
4: whoever's making the, was making the choices back there was definitely on some Mob Deep stuff. You know, like they were like really into that. You know, you go through phases it's like.
0: Well, and that's like, like nineteen. Like- that's like the late nineties. You know what I mean? That's not even something that was playing, yeah. unless they made this playlist. You know, darn near twenty years ago. At that point, it would have been like thirteen nah, years but, ago.
4: Yeah, but if if a college student has had his hand in any of that, you know, in college you go through like the nineties rap phase, and uh, you know, like the like the seventies phase and all mm-hmm. that stuff where it's just like you can't get enough so it's like i can understand if like a kid like found Bob deep and was like oh wow you know like <laughs> shit
0: <laughs> their older brother yeah, played like, it for him like back it, in the day or something like, like that
4: yeah like like this is like this is insane yeah. you know and they're like i gotta play Bob deep in modern stadium because they had that kind of connection they had that kind of plug you know mm-hmm. so now they're like I would have put the rest of the world on mom deep because no one else knows about these guys. Yeah, and I'm special, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be that guy. You know, and that's kind of how I feel when I, play, when, I, when I put when I put when the playlist on this thing. You know, yeah,
3: it's
4: like I want to show you how many great songs there are in the world. Mm-hmm.
0: You know,
4: how uh, and it, it's like you're missing out. You know, you're missing out by just staying on one side of the fence. You know,
0: yeah, yeah, it's for all sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got both yeah. sides. You got like a few sides of the fence in the playlist, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, if you so, if you if you were picking five songs to play through the course of a game at Martin Stadium, what would you want to hear? Oh wow! I mean, and you have to have you have to have different vibes no, I mean, too. Because I, you, mean, I look, don't know, you gotta you gotta have different vibes because you gotta have pregame, right? You have to have that stuff they play during timeouts mm-hmm. to kind of keep the crowd engaged. You got to have stuff right. to play in the big moments. I remember there's a, there's certain songs they play like right before the fourth quarter or that sort of thing. There's got to be a few yeah. that come to mind. Maybe not five, but are there a couple that come to mind that like when you hear them at a game, uh, you maybe uh, start to get into it a little bit.
4: I don't know. I like that. Uh, I like the uh, Enter the Sandman. That, that's
3: uh-huh. that's Metallica. The, what
4: they play at Oregon. Uh huh. We we played at Oregon. Dude. Like on third down, they played at, like Ed to I think that's what it was. Uh-huh.
0: That sounds right. That shit was
4: tight. That shit was tight. You know, they gotta be pretty, uh, they gotta be pretty into it. I like that. Uh, I don't know. I definitely like squeezed like some, some Jay Z in there. I don't know. Some Jay Z, probably. I don't know. I listen to a lot of like, like, like. Like smoother stuff, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like so, it probably, it probably, like it probably have to be like some, some rock stuff or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you know when Virginia Tech comes out for their, for at the beginning of their games, like on the yeah, ESPN, I, I
0: don't, I can't tell and you the they song, have to
4: do but... a long walk or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. But what... that whatever that whatever that song is,
3: uh-huh. I want whatever that is. Yeah,
4: I want to recreate. Whatever is happening at Virginia Tech, because they have,
3: they they
4: they're they're always eight and four or something like that. You know, they can't they they'll get over the hump. Like they're just like a pretty good team. Yeah. Like if 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 you don't have your shit together, they'll beat they'll beat you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like what I know that they do have together all the time is their entrance. It's like they walk from like two miles back. And the people are in this stadium, like, literally losing their minds. Mm-hmm. And they have whatever song that is, just, just bang it, you know? And it's like, it doesn't get any better.
3: Man. Yeah.
4: I'm sorry, but it, does, it doesn't. That's the best atmosphere I'm sure college football is that moment where they come out for their game. And especially the, the first game of the season. ESPN loves showing the go off at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And I love it, too. Mm-hmm. I I hope they I hope they keep doing it, you know.
0: Best environment you played in non Martin Stadium. Ooh,
4: best environment. Uh, I, I probably played at Oregon that that one year, like two thousand
3: fifteen.
4: That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That was that was that was pretty intense. Oregon was cool. Um, Oregon was cool. I mean, the Apple Cup's always cool. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's always cold. It's always like really cold. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that kind of takes away from the fun of me <laughs> a little bit. What about <laughs>
0: what about Auburn? I mean, yeah, yeah, but it's like
4: you know, I don't know.
0: Uh, it's
4: like they didn't really they you know they didn't really a second hood. You know what I mean? They kind of got a game that you know. They were like, "Oh wow, we got a little game," you know what I mean. So, <laughs> I don't think they were as into it as they usually are. At, I don't think they were as into it as like Ormond is into, you know, playing us or whatever like that. You know? Yeah. So, but it, I mean, it was cool. I didn't think it was that loud. You know uh-huh. what I mean? The loudest, interestingly enough, the loudest—I think the loudest stadium I've ever been in was at BYU. You know? What really? I
0: mean?
4: Yeah. Yeah, Mormons there. Right. Uh, I like to get after i guess
0: and they're that, that stadium's like tucked into the mountains too so there's like there's nowhere for the sound yeah, to go
4: it's like in the mountain
0: <laughs> uh, what what uh any, anything planned for the website anything we should be looking forward to the next uh couple weeks a little while i'll let you answer that and then i have an idea
4: you have an idea
0: yeah but go ahead are, are you what what can we expect you got anything coming up other than the playlist. Check out um, the playlist.
4: Uh, I mean, the, I mean the playlist, obviously, but we're gonna I uh, keep writing the stuff. I don't know. I, stuff comes to be spot, like, more spontaneous than anything. I, I'm just kind of just putting it together and like, getting some depth to it or whatever. But uh, I don't know. I'm trying to... I'm working on the podcast thing still. I'm, I really want to get that going. We, me and Parker have to find a way to make that work for different parts of the different states and stuff like that so Mm.
3: uh,
4: that's going to be an interesting part but I think that would be a good addition to it I think people like you know people be interested in what how our conversations are because they're they're funny as hell yeah and he's a he's a funny guy you know and I get funnier (laughs) you know with him so get him get him rolling on that you know eventually (laughs) Probably bring. I, I'd love to bring the whole gang on there because the guys I lived with in college—if you could imagine, like the funniest conversations you've ever had—and then you know, do that every day. That's what it. That's what it was. That's what it was. You know what I mean? So I'd like. i to. I would like. to Yeah.
0: Know. Yeah. I'd like to hear that. All right. Here's my idea. Uh, sometime maybe friday night saturday morning you write a player's tribune pe- style piece um, you know from from your perspective written to this year's wsu football team about the apple cup and just whatever you would want to communicate to them and convey get across to them about the game, what it means to you, what it meant to you when you were playing, what would what it would mean to you to see them win. I mean, whatever comes to mind along those lines, I think people would definitely. I know I would want to read that.
4: Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I could e- I could easily do that. I you know, would that would that wouldn't be hard to do. It's just like Yeah, sure I could do that actually. That's actually not
0: bad. Thank you. I I thought it was a pretty solid idea.
4: That's not half bad. <laughs> no, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Sa-
0: Saturday morning. It's not it, a
4: solid idea. It's a great idea. That's
0: what I like to hear. I appreciate that. Saturday morning is a five o'clock kickoff, so people have time to read it, and everybody's going to be looking for Apple Cup. Oh, you're
4: trying to you're trying to do, a, trying to do a, a prime
0: time drop too. Oh that's yeah, smart. yeah. That's Timing tough. is everything. That's smart. 'Cause yeah. that's that's the great I'm, thing I'm about at. that's the great thing about the players' tribune is every so often they hit you with something very timely, uh that you weren't expecting, yeah. you didn't know it was coming, and uh they do a great job with that. But so,
4: now but now but, but but now I have to say like I'm not gonna do it, so they're like, Oh, he's not gonna do it, we don't expect it Then I <laughs> drop it on him.
0: Yeah, maybe should it, it might like, not yeah, be the best we, idea. We blew,
4: we we blew the cover. You yeah know what I mean.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we
4: gotta tell them, we gotta tell them we're not gonna do it and
0: then you know, hope <laughs> for the best. On second know? thought, don't do it. Don't it was a terrible idea.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll talk about
0: it later. All right, what do you think about the game?
4: I think we got a good shot, you know. I think we got a good shot. We got it' it like we gotta think about it like this. You know, it's one game to get to the big game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's one game. 60 minutes on Saturday, you know, probably, you know, uh, like, 80 plays or whatever it is, you know, and this, this team just keeps, they, they keep getting in the way of things, you know, Mm -hmm. and they had a, they had, they had some, they had some fun last year, they had a pretty good team and stuff like that, you know what I mean, and they had, they had a good time, so I just think, that no one's more deserving than us to to finally get it get it get it done, you know like it's it like we we should win this game, and I'm pretty confident in our in our in the fact that I think we're going to win the game,
0: especially this year, given the year that they've had, given the growth defensively, it's another thing you wrote about on the site, speed d and Alex Grinch. You know. Um mm-hmm. and the stakes I mean last year the stakes were the same in the Pac-12 but vastly different you know from a national perspective because they of course obviously got into the college football playoff uh, and, and this time around it's all on you guys that's not to say the Huskies don't have something to play for I mean they can get to 10 wins get to a better bowl all that but you guys are in the driver's seat I mean that's got to mean something
4: it's got to you know it's got to because we had we haven't been in, that, in this position in a long time. So,
3: you know what I mean?
4: And it's, and it's not like you're going to be able, like, you'd look back on it and be like, oh, if we won that game, like, we would want to, the Facto. Like Like everyone knows that if you, if you win this game, you get to go, you know? So, I'd li- I I want to smell, I'd like to smell my friends in, uh, at the pac championship game in Santa Clara, you know? So, it gives us a reason to hang out, you know? So, <laughs> I'd like, uh, I'd like a win. You know is what I'm saying? And I think that we can do it. But uh, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, the the kryptonite of of our uh, offense is starting slow, and that's always my big fear in watching a big game for us is our offense starting slow because that kills us, you know. And I've been, I've played where it's like we start slow and it's just like devastating. Like the momentum is just so over the top on the other side. So it's like if the, if we can come out fast and, you know, make make a couple of plays early on and uh, get a couple of touchdown drives early on, I think we'll be in the driver's seat. It'll be fine. But, you know, that, that offense is predicated on timing and everything going the right way all the time so everybody's gonna have to be on their on their shit you know be open and you know win their one-on-one matchups and stuff like
0: that you mentioned the slow starts why is it so hard to break out of that when the offense is kind of sputtering out of the gates because you you, like you said you see Mm -hmm. games where it's it's devastating and it just doesn't seem like the offense can snap out of it when they're kind of the, the feet are in the mud early on
4: yeah, you know, I don't know. I think it's just because it, the everything's so so timing based or whatever like that, and like you're putting the ball in the air, which is like it's a significantly you know less reliable source than like running the ball and stuff like that. If you don't have your timing and stuff right, or if you're going against like a specific defense that just they match up with what you're trying to do really well. You know what I mean? Like they have, if they have guys that can like rush the passer and cover out in the flats and cover the running backs and stuff and the check downs, or like you have like really big corners. You know what I mean? Like Utah usually has like Arizona State or something like that, and they like they like play like hard cover two or something, and you know they got safety elbows It It like things, just things like that can get you like off off your ground a little bit, and then. You know, guys are like 18, 19 years old. So I mean, in big games. It's like if you, if you're, if your momentum isn't right coming out of the gates, and you know, that's usually how it works. That's why I would never bet on college sports. You know, <laughs> it's like it's like you can't trust, you can't trust the, the teenagers at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like college basketball is a perfect example of it. Like in all these big games. It's like you can tell, you can usually tell who's going to win immediately. You know what I mean? Because one team comes out and they can't make a shot because they're like, their nerves are just killing them and they're just coming out slow. One team just can make every shot for some reason. That's just how it feels. It's like, I can't, you can't make a shot. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's
0: crazy. Yeah.
4: I, uh, yeah. I, I start pressing and all that stuff and it's just like, yeah.
0: Yeah. I've, I've had this thought, and I've shared it with other people familiar with the program, but haven't really had a chance to throw it off somebody that's actually been there. They've been in the locker room and in the meetings with Mike Leach. Um, but it's something I've wondered just in how he kind of approaches this game, and, and maybe it's different with you guys, and maybe I'm completely wrong, and uh, it's a stupid mm. notion, but and I'm willing to accept that, so let me know if that's the case. But, my you know, leeches approach every game's the same so on and so forth um you know no game's bigger Mm. and and you know you you guys prepare for every game the same which makes total sense i get that um but when he is kind of downplaying the game a little bit um and kind of maybe trying to rein you guys back in a little bit does it maybe squash kind of the natural excitement that you guys would have energy going into the game um, because it is a rivalry game and so on and so forth. And when when you've been here and for the course of a week, rain it back, it's no different, not any bigger of a game and, and start slow or come out flat. Like I can't help but wonder if, if he had just kind of plugged into Uh, the natural energy, if, if things had started differently, does that make, does that make any sense?
4: Yeah. I I mean I can see why somebody would think that or whatever, but it's like why does why would you make any game bigger than any other game? It's it's still it's still a game. Like you still got to do what you're supposed to do. So you know, <clears throat> I think it's a, I mean I think it's a good strategy. That's like if I was you know like coaching, I'd pr- I'd take the same approach. It's just like do like. Do what you're supposed to do. Like, don't make it more than it is. You know I mean? There's like, like college college athletes already have a lot of and You know, like they're shot anyways, and they got a lot of things going on. So, i mean, putting putting more pressure on on a game is I don't think is the right answer. Like, it's not gonna it's not gonna make anyone play any harder if you tell them like, oh yeah like it's a rivalry game like everyone knows it's a rivalry game you know what i mean like mm-hmm. everyone's going to try to do what they're supposed to do so i don't think putting any more pressure on a bunch of kids is going to make anything better you know yeah. what i mean
0: well and i, I don't think it's necessarily, That's just my opinion. i don't think it's necessarily putting more pressure on them but uh maybe just allowing you guys to kind of uh feel and get wrapped up in uh, just again, the natural stuff that comes with a rivalry game. When you know what's on the line, you know what it means to the fans and that sort of thing.
4: Yeah, I mean, everyone knows it. I mean, everyone knows what it means to the fans and all that stuff like that. I mean, I, I don't think I don't think that them like the guys on the other side, like at Washington, I don't think they they like are getting too wrapped up into it. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, That's a good point. they're trying, they're taking it as another game too. So it's like, why would we why would we be the guys that are like overly like Enwrapped in this game, like you know what I mean. Like we're trying, you're just trying to go out there and win the game, you know. And it's like I understand that the fans think, like, uh you know, like the players are supposed to like, you know, <clears throat> like, put war paint on their face and all this, all this stuff. But it's like <clears throat> most, of, a lot of the guys on the team are from Washington, and you know their parents went to Washington State and all this stuff like that. And we, we get it, you know, we know. That it's expressed that, you know, we don't like these guys. We really would like to get a win. And <clears throat> over four years, like you really start to be like you really start to get to the point where it's like I really don't like anybody on that team. You know what I mean? Like it gets to that point. Like it gets really bad. Like you can only do so many games like this. And we and we caught we caught like like by years, we caught them at a really bad time, mm-hmm. and they were kicking our ass. You know what I mean? So it, it it made it worse. Like I'm like the bitter. I'm like bitter about it. You know what I mean? And I don't want the next these guys to have to go through that. I hope that we can turn it and flip it around on them. You know what I mean? <clears throat> but yeah, I mean it's a big it's a big game. You know what I mean? But the, like if you could be down there playing in one of these games, you would understand why. Anyone would say there's no need to put anything more on it because it's like it's literally out of control. it's like playing in like playing in the biggest game you can play in you know what I mean when you're on the field
3: mm-hmm. especially yeah
4: yeah yeah
0: so you're saying my theory was dead yeah, it's, it's serious.
4: I'm just saying your theory is just, you know it's very it's it's a very fan theory you know <laughs> very spectator theory you know what I mean that's what I'm that's here fair. for I'm here that's fair to give you insight you and that's know what I mean? look for yeah
0: exactly <laughs> so uh, what 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 would it mean for you guys I mean for for the program we know it would mean a ton you know from the rivalry standpoint I, and then on and on top of that you have the season implications, a chance to play for a Pac-12 championship. I mean, it takes a very good season and turns it into a great one. Um, yeah. What, what would that mean?
4: I th- I think that that would be the next step. You know what I mean? There's certain moments in a program's uh, tenure, area, you know, it's like you went, you went to the next level when you became a legend. <laughs> or way you kind of found out who you are. And it's just like you're just gonna be that other team that can just beat other teams, you know what I mean? But you're not gonna be able to put it all together. So I think that this is really big like this is the next this is the next progress progression in like Washington State really going to the next level, you know what I mean? Like, cause I, I mean, I know we're gonna lose a lot. Of, we're gonna we're losing a lot of good seniors and stuff like that. You know, in life, people lose things. You know, but people gain things too. So, you know, if you win a lot, then better players are gonna decide. You know what? I'm really gonna go play here. So I think we're gonna be surprised by how much talent we still have, even though. Like this, the great group of seniors that we have are going to be gone. You know what I mean. And I think Holinsky's going to be okay, from what you know we've seen glimpses of. I think he's going to be really good. So I think we're 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 safe as far as like players go, The programs overall stability and you know morale and all that stuff and like you know how people feel about the program. This is the next logical step. Like we can't do anything more than we've done in the last couple of years of getting to this point you can't do anything more without going to a Pac-12 championship like this is the next thing so it's we got to break through this this barrier turn the corner on this and you know I mean I guess it's fitting that the team that's in the way is you know <clears throat> Washington you know mm-hmm. what I mean so and it's I mean it'll it'll be, it'll be fun like you know
0: yeah, it's it's also the one thing missing off Luke Falk's legacy.
4: Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, he. Could, I mean, <laughs> the guy can stop playing right now, and he'd be like, he'd be a thug still. So it's like, <laughs> I don't really like. I don't really think about that. I actually, it's just like it doesn't really. I don't know. Like fans, fans. Yeah, I mean, you guys have a lot of time thinking about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's like sometimes it's like, how, what are you doing? Like 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 how can you, you're like sitting in your den, you know, like sitting in your den a, with the beer, just like putting legacies together, in, in resumes of of twenty year olds <laughs> and nineteen year olds and so like This like this isn't like uh, the NBA or something where it's like <laughs> LeBron James' whole career is like on a resume or whatever like that it's like, this is a four year snapshot of like a kid's life you know what I mean so I don't I don't know if the, either way whatever happens the guy's a thug you know and he he wins a, he's won a lot of games for us and you know uh, handled a lot of things that no no star player should go through and he's handled it with class you know mm-hmm. so can't knock the guy either way whatever happens but I really do, I really do hope they go out there and like dominate this game you know what I mean but that that never really happens in this game these, these games are always like <coughs> they're always pretty close oh, I mean unless yeah I mean I guess yeah. they've been yeah they kicked our ass a couple of times a part of, like, I was a part of some bad ones you know like some games where just like jeez like you know like he like he's up off, you know what I mean,
3: yeah
4: so i'd I'd like to i'd like to for them to return that or you know, yeah, but that's why that's why a, you know that's what the alumni you know should want, you know
0: that's yeah. how it is, yeah, yeah, it'd be good for them, it'd be good to see them do it, you know, following them all these years, covering them all these years, uh again, like we mentioned with everything that's on the line, um you know. For guys like Falk and and uh, to to see where the program has come since 2012, even 2014, to take that next step would be uh, it's it's well deserved at this point. You know the the fan base would go nuts, and that's always fun to watch.
4: Yeah, oh yeah, like like we, I love the way that 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 we handle success. Like we handle success like 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 real people handle success. You know what I mean? It's like we. Like, our fan base doesn't know how to deal with success, and I love that, you know? <laughs> like, we don't take any win for granted, and every win is, you know, like, like a life-changing experience for a fan, you know what I mean? And I've always appreciated that. Like, nobody's too cool to, like, you know, appreciate the, the team doing well, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, being from home, like a everybody's, like, on their own timetable, unless it's, like, the Lakers or something like that. The Lakers are good, that's different. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> people don't really, you know, get too deep into things because everybody's a, a C-list celebrity somewhere. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
3: But, yeah.
4: uh, like, yeah, they're just so, like, unapologetic about, like, being ex- excited about winning. So, <clears throat> I
2: appreciate
0: that. Funny so moment. Cool. Uh, I'll, I'll wrap up with a funny moment I caught on camera from the Stanford game in 2015 uh, when uh, Powell's got a field goal at the end to possibly win it. And at just as the ball is going past the uprights, I'm facing the student section and a kid jumps down onto the field wearing a duffman costume from the simpsons yeah ready to be the first person to storm the field and then he sees the ball miss yeah, yeah. and just gets instantly sad and bummed out and I, I, that's the first thing i thought about when thinking about what you were saying about WSU fans they're always they're always down for a party they're always down to celebrate they're never it's too cool hard. for anything
4: it's- just emotions literally dripping off their sleeves. Like, yes, it's, it's, it's so serious, and that, you know, I think, I think our stadium, like being so small, you know what I mean, makes it all the more like of an intimate experience. You know what I mean? Like everybody feels like they're a, like they have a hand in the situation. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's uh yeah, it, it's pretty cool. You know, I mean, like that 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 Stanford game one not cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. You, know,
4: you gotta go. You gotta go through things if you want to get through things.
3: Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, it'd be great. It'd be great to see the reaction on Saturday because they would go berserk.
4: Like i, I, I this, this the this year has been uh, an interesting year. You know, like I've watched it, and for this to be my first year, of, you know, watching. Uh, yeah, I'm almost, I'm almost cried a couple times watching these games. So I can understand why people are like, <sighs> like, over years of like, almost crying. You yeah. know what I mean? I can understand how you can become like, a, you know, like the guy sitting in the den talking about, you know, a 19-year-old legacy. i it's like, it's serious. Yeah, you know, I understand. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. A couple of these games, it gotta be like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, I almost had a, almost had a heart
0: attack, you know, so. Let me guess, Boise State and Stanford.
4: Boise State, Stanford, uh, the USC game. Ah, like, uh, yeah, almost, USC. Of I, got, course. I almost got teary-eyed just because it was just like, it was just beautiful. It was just a beautiful scene, <laughs> you know. It was <laughs> it was nice, nice thing there. Uh, I don't know, a couple of you know. It just got, it's like, wow, that's cool, man, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe maybe you'll get another chance Saturday. Enjoy the game, and uh, I'll be checking the website Saturday morning.
4: All right, man. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look into what you what you mentioned. You know what I mean? Because I think I think that you know what you're doing. You know, I think you I'm got a little bit away. of experience in the media department. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna see what I can do
0: Thanks, Gabe. Good catching up, man.
3: All right, man.